Today's episode of Run Past Michigan is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Wolverine's tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is a leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy a ticket in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last-minute tickets. We want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Run Past Michigan, our free show this week on the RPM Podcast. I am Nick Baumgartner, along with Austin Meek here in Ann Arbor, after a win that uh, was supposed to be a season definer, and now it doesn't matter, right? So Michigan ten, Iowa three. Uh, I have rewatched the game. I obviously was at Michigan State, Ohio State, Austin. You were there for the whole thing live. I just saw every minute of it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Let's start. We can start with the good thing. Uh, we'll get, these people could use the break. Huh? We, we'll, give them, we'll give them the good stuff, uh, which is the defense, of course. And obviously, we talked, uh, I think, on Thursday's show, after we got done talking to Scott Docterman, um, also of The Athletic, uh, who covers Iowa, uh, we talked about how this is kind of an answer to the bell game, both sides of the ball, specifically on defense for the front seven, to see how much progress maybe they'd made since the Wisconsin game. And boy, I mean, a lot of progress. It seems like they've made a lot of progress that was... Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Iowa's not Wisconsin, but, you know, hell of a performance by the front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the way I phrased it in my story is Josh Gaddis and Don Brown basically had the same challenge after that Wisconsin game. It's like, okay, guys, back to the drawing board. You've got two weeks to figure something out until you get another team uh, that's capable of beating you. Yeah. And you got to give some credit to Don Brown because he figured some things out. That was That was an impressive defensive performance. Uh, and you know, I, I've seen it. You know, you reference this. There's kind of this revisionist history where mm-hmm. if if Michigan wins, then well, obviously that team was not very good. Right. And Iowa, hey, nobody's saying that Iowa is a world beater. Uh, but that offensive line, Tristan Wirfs is a top ten pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaric Jackson is potential first round draft yep. pick. I mean, they had some talent on that offensive line, and and Michigan just ran them all over the field. Um, you know the, the the aggressiveness of Michigan's front seven. Uh, Iowa just had no answers for that. I thought the the defensive line played its best game of the year. Uh, Mike Dwumfor having him in the middle of things, you could see a difference uh, in terms of the push that that Michigan was able to get. Uh, and then you know when 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 Michigan sent guys and they sent guys a lot and they they were getting yeah. home. Jordan Glasgow, uh, Cam McGrone, Quiddy Pay. I mean it it was. It was a really impressive performance uh, for Michigan's defense, and you know, I, I I did I heard after the game, you know, obviously there's the sentiment of, mm-hmm. hey, that's great, just wait <laughs> until we play Ohio State because we're going to get destroyed. Right. <laughs> uh, I know, hey, you come by that honestly. I yeah. <laughs> I right. understand where that comes from, uh, but you have to say, a pretty impressive uh, two week turnaround for Michigan's defense. Yeah, I think they were more uh, certainly more aggressive on defense, and I think that some of that's maybe to be expected with a quarterback who can't move very well. But uh, the the risk of that would be Nate Stanley 
had been throwing it really well coming into this game, so maybe if you pressure him, he's going to pick you apart. But it seemed like they did some more things, uh, different looks with the blitzes, different pressures from different areas. And then really, I think what I was impressed with the most was Carlo Kemp and Michael Dwumfor. Obviously, Pay had a great game. Michael Dana played well. Um, Aiden Hutchinson played well again. Uh, McGrone, you know, seems to be a guy who they can't take off the field now. But uh, Kemp and then an improved health Dwumfor. Mm-hmm. Gave them a presence in the interior that they did not have against mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Kemp was out there for the Wisconsin game and got ran all over the field. Yep. I mean, he got so his level of physicality was up a notch, a couple of notches, really. I mean, that was probably the best he's maybe played since he's been at Michigan. Yeah. And then Dwumfor, you know, you forget a little bit about him because he was a rotational guy a bit last year, but had, that had some really good moments. And then he's dinged up, and he played hurt last year, and then was hurt earlier this year. And then you remember, oh, okay, well, he's a player too. So. So that helped a lot. Those guys played a lot of snaps, it looked like, but really the whole front four. And then I think there were times, too, where they brought in, they brought in multiple defensive ends and really got after it. Um, really, We said it, answer the bell game, right? Mm-hmm. And they did. I mean, Quiddy Pay was so much better than he was. And we'll see, I guess, about his health or whatever. But he was so much better than he was two weeks ago. Kemp was so much better. Hutchinson was better. They were all at another level. They were playing at this aggressive, uh, at an aggression level. That we're used to seeing from Don Brown's defenses, and that, and and, and I can go back on this, and I remember saying, guys, quite you know, former players or whoever questioning effort and things of that nature. Uh, I think what they maybe were questioning in those moments were, if you're going to make a mistake, do it fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we saw on, uh, on Saturday from Michigan's defense, even if they maybe took the wrong step, they did it as hard mm-hmm. as they could. Yeah, the thing I'm I'm realizing about how Michigan's defense is is evaluated that this game kind of crystallized for mm-hmm. me is. Michigan's defense is always going to be evaluated by how it plays on its worst day. Yeah, right. which you know maybe that's not a Michigan thing. Maybe that's a college football thing. I'm sure yes. that that happens yes. in a lot of other places, but I think it's specific to Michigan's defense. Is uh, <laughs> uh, when they when they play well, it's like well, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. but remember what happened two weeks ago against Wisconsin, um, and it, you know it's true. Uh, you know that. I can't sit here and say that Michigan's defense, um, you know, that the, the, the things that you saw against Wisconsin weren't real because yeah. because they were. They certainly Michigan were. Yeah. Got, got exposed against Wisconsin. I guess I guess the thing that I would say is, um, if if the standard for what makes a great defense is shutting down everybody on your schedule, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're not many great defenses in no. college football. There may not be any great no. defenses There's in not college any. football. I yeah. mean, look at Michigan State. Look There's at- not any. I mean, yeah. everyone goes through it. Alabama gives up yards now. I mean, everybody goes through games where they stub their toe, they can't handle it. Because, the. I mean, again, I've said this so many times. I'm like, I should write a book with this as the title of some kind. <laughs> football today is designed to score points and help mm. the offense and hurt the defense. It literally is designed to hurt your defense. Yes. And so... You're 1,000% correct. There are no defenses that go through a season and just shut everyone down, and there's nothing, and you can't do anything against them. We saw one last Michigan State kind of did that and mm-hmm. ended up 7-6. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, so it's like it's it's a hard standard to live up to. I think what people get frustrated with the most with that, it seems like, is whether or not they do it on the road, which is a bigger thing for all mm-hmm. program things involved. But, I mean, really, for, for what this is the here and now, I mean, this could have gone – completely in the opposite direction. I mean, we were sitting here last Thursday talking about uh, not out of the realm of possibility to see them get thrashed up front and to mm-hmm. see them get just creased and, and Iowa just runs the ball down the field and does whatever they want to them. Um, and it didn't seem like a stretch. It did not seem like a stretch. I mean, 
that that defensive performance really kind of came from somewhere that I didn't know if they were ready to do that. And I mean, I, I can't fault them for any. I mean, they you're going to have people that will say, well, they gave up a third and 18. You know, they gave up some uh, underneath stuff on the crossing routes and things of that nature. <laughs> it's just like, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. But they only let up three points. And I think that if we're really going to get down to it, um, anyone out there criticizing Michigan's defensive performance is just looking, I mean, you know, you might you might want to stop watching football at that point. And this is why Don Brown came out before the season and said, hey, everybody's telling me to back off. You know what? I'm going to be more yeah, yeah. aggressive. <clears throat> because, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe the way that Michigan plays defense, they're going to get exposed in some games. Maybe Ohio State's going to come in here and, and hang 45 on them or whatever. Uh, but the trade-off for that is if Michigan had not played the way they play in this game, mm-hmm. you don't beat Iowa. No. Uh, you, I mean, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to hear, hey, guess what? Beating Ohio State's going to be an uphill climb <laughs> yeah. no matter what. Right. But if you're not going to beat Ohio State, you better beat Iowa. Yeah. And Michigan doesn't win that game. Without its defense doing what it did. I mean, Michigan needed every one of those eight sacks (laughs) to win that game. Every tackle. There was a point in that game where it was just painfully obvious that if Michigan's offense had to score again, that Michigan wasn't going to win. The only way they were going to win that game was if if their defense uh, pitched a shutout the rest of the way, and they did because Iowa was just shell-shocked. Iowa could not run its offense because every play— Don Brown was dialing up something to disrupt what Iowa wanted to do. And if, if they just sat back there, you know, and played a zone, and yep. you know, if, if they're not attacking Iowa the way they did, they probably don't win that game. They did actually shift, they did actually show some zone. They brought pressure out of them. So they, it's, it was interesting because they did some new things. But to your point, it was truly a go back to what you're, go back to what brought you here a little bit in terms of uh, be. Be a little confusing with where you're coming from in terms of your pressures, and bring it all the time, and mm-hmm. just and just go get the quarterback, and that uh, that certainly happened. And I wanted to touch on before we get into the other side of this, um, two guys, one in McGrone we mentioned earlier, uh, who now really even in the Wisconsin game there were moments where you thought, okay, that looks like a football player, mm-hmm. and then for the last couple of weeks he's looked pretty good. Uh, I think Arbaugh said Josh Ross is still a couple is not really back in right. terms of health. Um, not sure even if it. If even if he was, you can take him off the field at this point. It looks mm-hmm. like Cameron yeah. is their best answer for anybody in the middle of the field that can make plays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know his his burst uh, to to get to the quarterback. Um, that's something that that you don't see yeah. from from many other guys. Um, you know, I, I think he had two sacks uh, in this game. One of them just came you know totally right. unblocked. Uh, one of them, the back tried to chip him a little bit, uh, and he just you know just pushed him out of the way. Um, so Cam McGrone can do some things physically uh, that I don't think any of Michigan's other linebackers can do. Right. Um, and the other guys, I think you got to give some credit to uh, are, are the corners. Um, Iowa really tried to you know go vertical yep. against Michigan a lot in that game. Uh, Ambry Thomas, Lavert Hill. Those guys made some really nice plays down the field uh, in in man coverage. Um, uh, Iowa, that seemed to be the game plan for Iowa. You know, they really didn't try to run it down Michigan's throat. Right. You know, the way that that you we heard they would, that yeah. they were going to try to do. They really, I mean, they they did a little bit, but it seemed like their game plan really was to attack vertically. Uh, and, and Michigan secondary really stepped up and answered that challenge. And the other guy before we go, the Daxon Hill, uh, yeah. who. 
six tackles. I think that's the most he's had, a tackle for loss. Everybody talked about that play that he had where he uh, deflects the ball and it ends mm-hmm. up being an interception. But really there was another one that I saw in the first half that probably nobody noticed. Maybe they did. Where he comes from like the deep safety spot, maybe 12, 13 yards away, and, and stops a run that was probably like a three- or four-yard game that probably should have been like a 12-yard game mm-hmm. because of his speed. And so McGrone and Hill now, two younger guys who are getting involved. The Daxon Hill's playing a lot of nickel, probably playing some safety. Those are two guys, especially Hill, because uh, McGrone, I feel like, has earned a job. Hill's got to play. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, because I think we know now through a couple weeks, this isn't the biggest defense in the world. We knew that. They do have some speed. They don't have Devin Bush in the middle, but okay. But find speed in other places. Get the, get as much of it out there as you can. Let them go run around. And maybe they've found their, their mixture there. Maybe. I guess we'll have to see. But encouraging from some of those younger guys. Yeah. Well, speaking of speed and space, uh, <laughs> we oh, continue uh, this uh, like the tuba portion of the quixotic uh, <laughs> journey that we're on with Michigan's offense, which apparently is hitting uh, its stride. Yeah. Uh, Boy, what uh, what what do what do you make of that? Uh, I I don't know where to start with that. Uh, so you know, I think you have to start with the quarterback here now. Um, you know, it's been a couple of games, five games, whatever. We know he had the uh, oblique situation that he's said a few times that he's been fully recovered from, and what have you. Um, whatever it is, at the end of the day, the situation is he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like he knows what he's seeing. Um, he doesn't look real confident in what they're trying to do or what he can do with it, which to me, you know, clearly, I mean, he's, if you take the 13 games last year in the first five or six, whatever it's been, he's regressed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think that's due to like lack of effort. I don't think that's due to lack of wanting it or whatever. Um, again, I, these are college players. They play as hard as they can every week. I, I, you rarely see guys out there just mailing it in. And when he's making mistakes, you can see the frustration. Um, I just go back. It's again, it's, it's whatever Josh Gaddis is trying to install. It's not driving with Shea Patterson. Mm-hmm. And I blame that on Josh Gaddis and I blame that on Jim Harbaugh and Ben McDaniels and the whole crew. And when I look at Jim Harbaugh and hear him say twice, three, four, five times now that we're hitting our stride, uh, I'm not sure what the hell else he's supposed to say because it's his doing that they're in this situation. Mm-hmm. It's he and Josh, you know, it's their doing. They're the ones who decided and rightly so decided to tweak this offense to fit people like Shea Patterson and Nico Collins and Donna Peoples-Jones, and in theory, that makes a lot of sense. They've poorly executed it at every level. And so when they, when when he's asked that question, and I thought about it over the weekend, I was like, well, I don't know what else he's supposed to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's just because obviously he's he's saying something that's just not this is not accurate. Yeah. I mean, we're not seeing what we're not seeing that. I asked him today, are you seeing that in practice or in games? Uh, both. Like, well, I'm not seeing it in games. We don't watch practice. So, so and if and, and that would even be more alarming because it's like if you're playing so well in practice and you're not in games, and that's just a sign of a, not a very good team. So what they're doing offensively just does not – it is not playing to the strengths of their quarterback. Their quarterback is shaken with his confidence. He's struggling to see the field, and nothing they're doing is helping him. They're not making life easier on him. He's uh, shaky in the pocket. There's a couple times where he ate a couple of sacks, or at least one there that I can think of where they're backed up, and he just fell asleep in the pocket and took a sack that was just terrible. The interception he throws on the high-low into the zone in the first half, freshmen bad. and sophomores yeah. don't make that, yeah, don't make that throw. Movie. He is better. Shea Patterson is a better quarterback than that. And that's where I, I look at that stuff and I say, of all the things we've seen from Shea Patterson in the 18 games he's played here or whatever, that type of stuff, that's we don't we did not see that last year. He has regressed 
in terms of how he's feeling in, in the system. And, and to me, that's that's on the staff. I mean, they just have not. They're hell-bent on running things that either don't fit or are run at the wrong time or haven't been coached well enough or haven't been taught or prepared or whatever. There's so many times a game now where we're seeing somebody run open and Madison doesn't see the guy. And it's just like, are we to believe that he just never sees anything ever? Or are we to believe that he doesn't, have, doesn't really have full grasp of, of what they're doing? And so it's it, at this point, I, I'm not real sure what you do. I've heard a lot of people say you got to go with McCaffrey if he's healthy. It doesn't seem like Harbaugh didn't give really yeah, an answer on no, that today. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the answer either. You know, because it's like I think at the end of the day, you got to coach better. You got to be better at your job if you're the guys making the million plus. Um, because these guys haven't been coached, and that's the bottom. When I look at them play offense, they have too many good players that are playing too slow because they haven't been coached. And I that's I don't know how else to put it anymore. Um, because it's just, it is what it is. I mean, you're not throwing the ball to Collins, except once a game. And then when you do do it, it makes everything else look worse. Because, you know, it's like... Because <laughs> you know oh, that you what? can do it. John Runyon says today, damn, guys, uh, every time we throw it to Nico, it seems like he catches it. What's that, like 80%? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. You know, it's just like... So maybe do that more. But, you know, and then we just never see it. And when we do, and when they do run them, Patterson doesn't see the, doesn't see the play or something or whatever. So... It's disjointed, you know. I mean, that's the bottom line on it. They're just not on the same page, and um, whatever you got to do to get on the same page, you know, it's week five or six. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I described it as magical thinking. It, you know, it's, it's like yeah. they've gotten to the point where all they can do is just tell themselves that it's going to get better and hope that it's some kind of self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Uh, which I think speaks to also the fragility of it. You know, yeah. if if. Jim Harbaugh came out and said, guys, our offense sucked today. I... He did that once, remember? <laughs> did he? We said that after the Wisconsin game. Yep. Everything was bad. Yep. And we said he can't do that again. Yep, that's so right. So he's doing that, yeah, right? The, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, the uh, the alternative is just to say we're close and, mm-hmm. and believe that and hope that Hope that somehow it, it magically yeah. happens that way, but it just it you can't you can't possibly watch what's happening on the field uh, and come away with the the conclusion that they're close to that. And I the, the maddening part is, as you say, you'll see it in just tiny little flashes. Yeah. You know, they they had that drive where in the second half they, they hadn't done anything in ages, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's ten yards to Tariq Black. Uh, 15 yards to Donovan Peoples-Jones. They hit one to Collins. You know, three straight passes, march down the field, and then it just disappears. Yeah. You know, they they try to throw it to five foot nine Mike Sandra still in the end zone, which God bless him, he's a freshman, may end up being a great player here. Yeah. But if it's me, I'd rather have your six right. foot four dude trying to catch that ball. And the yeah. same thing, you know, on the third down play. They try to throw it to uh, to Ronnie, Ronnie Bell, Bell who's Collins you know, standing at the two. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's just the frustrating thing is that you see it in in little spurts, uh, but you don't see it consistently. And then, and then the question still with the quarterback situation in that you know this is now this isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback uh, in a, in a system that Harbaugh's I guess in charge of, even though he's not designing it. This isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback regress in in his time at Michigan. You know, Wilton Spate was not as good as he was the second year that he was here. Um, John O'Corn, of course, never really got there. Uh, Brandon Peters started out well, then got hurt and never really regained ground. And obviously, Michigan's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he, Illinois. They're playing Illinois. Right. He's on the team. And then now we're seeing this with Patterson, and it's becoming this question that I. That it, how many more times is it just going to be the guy's fault? How many more times is it just going to be the quarterback's fault? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how many more times do you have to cycle a guy out of here and just blame it all on him? 
before the reality sets in of like, does he need the number one overall draft pick to have a good quarterback? I mean, like, I mean, is that what we're coming to here? Because I mean, that's kind of what it's feeling like, you know, it's just like, it, it's not, it's not working. It's not what, what you're, what they're asking these guys to do. It, it, it's just not there. And they're not, they're not jiving together. They, it didn't work. I mean, last year was the best it's been really in the, in the mm-hmm. Pep Hamilton offense that had its limitations uh, on its own. Patterson was at least efficient in that one. I mean, I wouldn't call anything they did explosive, but he was efficient and I think right now you'd take that over anything else. And the other part of this is that you need the explosiveness. You need the offense to kind of operate in the uh, theory that you're that you're going for. Again, I wasn't at the game, so I actually had the post game on. And I, I don't know how many more times I'm going to bring this guy up because whatever. But Urban Meyer, who does every <laughs> Michigan game, or is at least in the studio now, maybe that was planned, said it after the game uh, for both teams, Michigan and Iowa. And I think Iowa's actually Iowa's struggles on offense is the exact reason why you change your offense because you lose a game like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. in college football, you have to have explosive plays. Yeah. You can't trust an offense to go 11 plays, 82 yards, 7 minutes. You can't do it six times a game. I mean, you can do it once in a while, and you can have that perfect storm where you just roll over a team but you're going to have a holding or a false start or a guy's going to drop a pass or a guy's going to do this wrong or whatever, and you just can't do it. You have to have guys go make a big play, and you mm-hmm. have to let your explosive athletes be explosive, and they're not doing any of that. They're trying to run like this awkward spread ball control thing that's just not well taught, and now every drive dies because like one guy makes a mistake and now it's second and 14. It's like, how are you constantly behind schedule in this offense? And they're not doing any of that. And that's, and that's been a problem. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you got to figure out a way to get those three receipt, three black had one catch. I mean, it's just like, how is this? How are we still doing this? Mm. Collins had three. Yeah. How is this happening? You know, and that's, that's just inexplicable stuff. This is where I think fans, maybe if, if you root for a team in the pack 12, or a team in the Big 12, something that you understand that maybe fans in the Big 10 are still kind of catching up to, is that if you want to win your biggest games, you got to be able to score 30 points yeah, man. In, in your biggest game. You know, I mean, everybody everybody was going after Michigan's defense after they played Wisconsin. <clears throat> it wasn't good. No, yeah, you, right. you can't give up 360 rushing yards. I get that. But I tell you what. They gave up 35 points. If they'd given up 28, yeah. I probably would have said, hey, that's a game your offense ought to be able to win, yeah. or at least a game your offense ought to keep you in. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if if Penn State scores 30 against <sighs> Michigan, Michigan has got no chance to win that game no. the way their offense is playing. Not but I'm not going to put that on the defense. I'm not going to say that Michigan's yeah. defense has to go out and hold Penn State and Notre Dame, uh, you know, to 17 points. Yeah. Uh, if Michigan, you know, if 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 we want to say that the defense did its job, like yeah. if your defense keeps it under thirty, then you have to have an offense that can right. go out and and win you that game. If you want to be uh, a, an elite level team, a championship caliber team, you just can't do it managing a game around an offense that you know is going to score yeah. ten points. And, and it's can't. and it's the same. There's two schools here. There's two sides of it. And Harbaugh said today. You know, at some point, you just got to tip your cap to the defense and say they're really good. And mm-hmm. Iowa has a good defense, right? I mean, I think that Iowa, I think we could probably say that. Although the one problem that Iowa has is covering the covering uh, anything down the field. Michigan just refused to take advantage of it, whatever that's a separate situation. <laughs> so at some point, you say, okay, Iowa defended you well. Okay, fair enough. But the other side of this is like, and we did enough to win the game. Fair enough. It's not sustainable football. It's just, 
And that's the thing that I think drives people nuts and has driven people nuts, uh, especially with when you hear these comments that he makes. This isn't the NFC East, you know? I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not sustainable in college. The, 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 the platforms and the levels and the playing field, it's not even. Ohio State is going to have more talent than you mm-hmm. by a lot. You can't go into that game just hoping to hold on for dear life and maybe they'll screw up and you'll win the game. I mean, that's what that, that's what that style of play is. You're playing defense and you're hoping they screw up and you win the game. Mm-hmm. And Mark D'Antonio scored a few wins doing that over the years at Michigan State that turned everyone's head. But guess what? He also had NFL players that, you know, on both sides of the ball, and that's how it worked. It's not sustainable against top-level teams. Everybody knows that, and so and Harbaugh knows it too. At this point, he has to know that because it's just – and the whole reason why you change the offense in the first place is to get out of the, you know, playing losing football and playing the hard way. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just doing things. Your margin of error vanishes, and you're in a situation like you find there against Iowa who, you know – Thankfully for you, doesn't have the type of explosive whatever to get get themselves out of that hole that day, and you get out of there with a win. But yeah, it's not sustainable. And I look at this and I say, I can see why people are upset. Um, I can, but it's at the same time, the reality of the situation is one that some don't seem to want to. And maybe they are grasping it. Maybe that's why it's probably why they're upset. Is that the reality is is they're not good enough to poo poo a win against Iowa? No. And that's the problem. I think that. That's the problem that they see where they say, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. We're okay. We, we can be upset with that. And I tend to agree with them because they shouldn't be in a situation six weeks in or five weeks in. I keep forgetting how many games they've played <laughs> into the season <laughs> where, you know, scraping one together at home in a terrible game uh, offensively was uh, more than good enough. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Because, no, I mean, it's just like... This shouldn't be enough. You're supposed to be better than this. You have more talent than this. At least offensively, you had guys. You had players. You brought back players. Mm-hmm. Brought back linemen, quarterback, receivers. What's going on out here? And so when they see that, I I, I don't blame them for being upset. because, mm-hmm. And then to have him come up there and say and, and feed that line about how we're close. Come on. You're not close. Nobody in that building saw anything that was close. Now we're just telling lies. Now we're just, you know, we're just making stuff up. And if, and if he says something different behind closed doors, fair enough. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. but... If people want to get upset, and he can say whatever he wants, of course, it doesn't matter. But if people want to get upset with that, I really don't blame him because that I wouldn't want to hear it either if I were if I were a fan. Yeah, you know, beating Iowa ten to three—that's that's what you got to do. Win. I mean, it's better. You want, than, yeah, of if you want to be a if you want to be a nine and three, eight and four type team, that's absolutely the kind of game that you have to win. Yeah, uh, and that's what that's really what Michigan has looked like from the first play of this season right. until now is a team that's going to win eight or nine games. And it's it's hard to hear that because yeah. the expectations were so much higher than that. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I don't blame people for looking at this and saying we look like a slightly above average team. And that right. is not the bill of goods yeah, no, <laughs> that no. we were sold this year. Um, and nor should it be. I mean, yeah. you know, Again, Urban Meyer is doing his best to recruit against Michigan every time he goes on the on TV and sit there sits there and says they have all this talent. What's going on? But in some ways, he's not wrong. I mean, it's no. just like you know, Nico Collins has got to be like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Why am I on this team? Right? I mean, this guy is going to go to the combine. Do you have any idea how bad they're going to look if he goes through the season with like thirty catches and he goes to the NFL Combine and all those scouts? will sit there and say, what in the hell were they doing? And you will never sign another receiver like that again under this regime. You won't ever be able to do it. Why would you come here? 
And so those are the things where it's just like you you're not taking advantage of your of your skilled players. You're not doing the things that they do best. And then to come out and say that you're 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 about to hit your groove or stride or whatever. And I guess if your stride is a baby step, then mm-hmm. fair enough. But you got to get over the idea that you're going to be able to go out there and just 12 play drive everybody and right and go right down the field without any mistakes and score a touchdown clean. Man, it's too hard. It's too hard to do. Uh, especially in college, it's not the NFL. I mean, it's just harder, and um, you got to have bigger plays, and you got and you have guys that can do them. And I think that's why the frustration sets in. And I mean, it's like you want to say there aren't any easy answers, but it feels like there are. <laughs> like cause it feels like it's just like just start doing the stuff that yeah. that's, throw, that throw these guys the, do uh, well. Six but, foot four. but yeah, but therein lies the ultimate issue, right? Where it's like you started the season backwards, mm-hmm. uh, clearly in your preparation, and, and their preparation wasn't about building whatever this team did well. Uh, as a foundation and then growing off of that it was which is what they did last year um, it was we're going to run this offense and you have to fit into this offense Mm -hmm. whatever this offense is which is another situation (laughs) on itself but it's just been done wrong uh, ineffectively I guess maybe more than wrong I mean everybody can do things their own way but it just hasn't been effective and you know I'm not sure where they go from here but uh, you know I don't know that quarterback roulette is the answer but I mean if Dylan McCaffrey gets healthy and and you're in a situation somewhere where he, Shea Patterson's struggling again. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't call you wrong for saying maybe we should see the other guy. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, and if you lose another game, you know, it's maybe that's a, maybe that's a situation it, too. Where it's, it's just like, yeah, it's getting harder. It really harder is. to uh, to make the case uh, that Michigan obviously should be sticking with Shea Patterson. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think that's obvious. Um, yeah, I think everything needs to be weighed here. Yeah, if you if you stick yeah. with him, it's because you know something about sure. the guys behind him yeah. uh, that you think Shea Patterson is giving you the best chance to win. But uh, it's it's hard to. Uh, they're at the point now where y- you say, "Well, it can't get much worse." No, I mean that's how it happened. You know, when I was covering Oregon, that's exactly how Justin Herbert became a yeah. starting quarterback is they got to a point you know he was playing behind a grad transfer yeah. the guy wasn't playing awful sure but he was playing you know bad enough that it's like hey you got this guy see what he yeah. can do and all of a sudden he turns into a top 10 pick which no nobody <laughs> saw coming at that time I'm not saying Joe Milton's gonna be right. a top 10 pick but I am saying Shea Patterson hasn't hasn't done anything to make you feel like you gotta stick with him. Uh, if if things are going bad, yeah, there, there's no absolutes here anymore. I don't think. I think that's fair enough. I mean, so so like a couple weeks ago when when I got when we got those questions, we got to see the next guy. We got to see the next guy. I was like, eh, it might be a little bit too soon at this point. You know, having seen what we've seen, I mean, that was a bad day. Mm-hmm. That was a bad. I mean, he had a 51 yard pass, and he still only threw for 147 on 26 attempts. That is really bad. That is, you know, not to the level of. You know, John O'Corn had some worse days in 17, um, but that's kind of what that felt like. It felt like a little bit like uh, what we saw from a guy who, in, in the John O'Corn era, was sort of littered with a guy who wasn't real sure what he was doing and a guy who couldn't really read defenses too well. And anytime they changed up coverage on him or put him in his zone, it was a struggle. And um, But played really hard and tried everything and did everything he could, and I, that felt like that. And i got to say again, he, Jay Patterson, is a better player than than that. He's a better player mm-hmm. than what we've, we've seen him yeah. be better than that. You know, so, uh, you know, unless it's just some grave personal injury that we don't know about or something like that that's happened to him that is causing this to happen, I mean, there's no other thing to point to other than he just hasn't been, he hasn't been coached. 
And whether that's his decision or their decision, you know, I don't know. But I mean, yeah. it hasn't worked. And so, you know, the, the, it, it just feeling more and more like, you know, the decision to change the offense, I still think was the right one. I would do it every time if I were them. But I'm starting to wonder if the execution on that was was the right move because we haven't seen anything from Josh Gaddis through through this part of the season that tells us that he was the right guy. And um, that's where it's at. And, I, I mean, moving you can move to the sideline. You can move to the end zone. You can move outside the stadium. <laughs> I don't give a damn where you're calling plays. Um, it's it's what you do Monday through Friday. And uh, I can't imagine that that the install and everything else has been flawless because you got to be kidding me. And, and that's where I come back to the whole thing again. We're close. We've seen it in practice. We've seen it in practice. It should be the motto for every bad or average <laughs> football team I think I've ever covered, right? I mean, how many times have we heard that over the Yeah, years? of course. Well, Especially when practice, practice is closed. I mean, you guys can't see it. Yeah. You don't know what we see. I'm like, well, we see on Saturday when it matters, uh, and it ain't happening. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, the good it's news is they play Illinois this they week. They do. Uh, <laughs> you know, the... Um, just as as the Rutgers game uh, allowed uh, allowed the offense to suddenly uh, find its identity for exactly one week, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan may locate its stride uh, this week, and yeah. then we'll see if, see if how it that doesn't. Over. <laughs> well, though, yeah, I mean, a win's a win, I guess, right? Is Brandon Peters playing? We can get on uh, get into that yeah, on Thursday. That, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, yeah. Uh, well, hey, folks, uh, thanks for checking out uh, the RPM podcast. This is our free show for the week. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with our subscriber-only show. Uh, so uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. We will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>